I V M. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and this is the 300th episode of Paisa Paisa. Been such a fun ride, folks. All made possible thanks to the love and support that you, the listener, gave me and the entire team here at IBM. So thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Believe me, we are working really hard to give you new stuff. Right? Just look at the last few episodes. We had hedge funds with Andrew Holland. We did real estate with Mahindra Life Space. Today, we've got a really special episode for you. And even going forward, the next few episodes are going to be totally blockbuster. A lot of this effort is thanks to all the love and support that we get from you, the feedback that we get from you, that makes us go every Monday with new episodes of Pesa Pesa. So, like I said, today is a 300th episode, and we are celebrating it with one of the biggest banks in India on Pesa Pesa for the very first time. Very first time, Bank of Baroda is on my podcast, and my guest is Akhil Handa, head fintech partnership, mobile banking, and digital lending at Bank of Baroda. Honestly, you know, I thought <laughs> Bank of Baroda and startups, how would they go together? Startups are like, you know, they're already fintech, they don't need the services of a bank, and they're new age, they're creating their own technology. But guess what? Bank of Baroda actually is doing a lot of interesting stuff, not only for startups and founders, you know, but for us also, the rest of us. So we're going to talk about all of that on this really special episode, the 300th episode of Pesa Pesa. Akhil, welcome to Pesa Pesa. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Hey, Anupam, thank you for inviting me and fantastic energy, man. <laughs> thank you so much. You've got a fantastic background. I mean, you know, you're not the average PSU banker. When I look <laughs> at the very, very, very interesting things that you've done uh, in your career, let's start from there. Everybody knows about Bank of Baroda, but also tell us about the size of Bank of Baroda because I think that in the last few years after the mergers, it's become really cool. So there you go. Two questions for you, Akhil. First, a background to yourself and all the exciting things you've done. Second, the size of Bank of Baroda. Let's go. Sure. Sure. So, uh, thank you. I'll just take the first one. Uh, look, uh, I, by training, I am actually an engineer, uh, and probably most of us are anyways. But um, uh, after my engineering, I got into banking. Uh, so, I got into some serious banking and started off at JP Morgan, moved around continents, places. Uh, then came over to India uh, around 2013, uh, did two fintech companies of my own. And uh, uh, one of them uh, made a decent exit. The other one hit the wall, shut it down. Uh, now, in 2015, the government was running an exp- experiment uh, with the banking industry. And this is the time when you, know, you had the new government uh, come in and you know, they wanted to do something with the public sector banking. So that is where they got in uh, private sector into two banks. And Bank of Baroda was lucky to be one of them. Uh, we had uh, Mr. Jai Kumar, uh, who was the former Citibank Asia head, join in uh, as a CEO, and uh, Mr. Ravi Venkatesan, who was the former Microsoft India head, uh, come in as the chairman. And uh, and then you know they were looking for a team, and uh, I was lucky to be part of that uh, team. And uh, yeah, I've been with the bank uh, for the last what now? It's about five to six years. Mm. And uh, and I'm happy to be given such a great opportunity. I mean, it's a fantastic bank. I'll just get into your second one, which is uh, the size of our operations. And, um, uh, you know, now we are a merged entity. We rolled uh, Vijaya Bank and Dana Bank into Bank of Baroda. And as a result of which, uh, Bank of Baroda today is the third largest uh, retail bank in the country. Uh, and uh, 
this is uh, or rather second largest in the public sector space. So we have SBI followed by HDFC and then there's a Bank of Baroda. Uh, we have a total business of about 15 lakh crore. Uh, there are about uh, 9,000 branches that we have, uh, 14 crore customers uh, domestically. Uh, very interestingly, uh, this is a fact that uh, few people actually recognize is Bank of Baroda as a very uh, good international presence of all Indian banks. Uh, in fact, we are present in uh, over 20 countries internationally uh, with very good presence uh, in the Middle East and Africa. Uh, so while you know we have presence across the globe, starting from New Zealand all the way up to uh, in 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 the Middle East in Africa, uh, some some fantastic history. I mean, it's a it's a over 110 year old bank. Mm. So you can imagine the kind of history there is there, and I'm, I'm happy to talk about some of the interesting pieces. Please please go ahead. Yeah, yeah go for it. So, so so in fact, you know, in some of the places in 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 these two countries. So for example, in Middle East, you know, in the UAE, uh, we don't have a banking license. So we were invited by the the king. Uh, of UAE to open up banking operations when you know UAE was just a uh, you know just coming up um, in the 70s and as a result of which our uh, our license is not really a charter but it is a decree from the king. Wow! And uh, really... in yeah and, and and you know when it comes to uh, you know when it comes to final evaluations that decree really carries slightly more weight than a charter would. Hmm. It's very interesting that way. Uh, uh, you know, in 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 Africa, in in many places in Africa, uh, it is we actually house the central bank operations. So uh, the central bank of those countries have kind of been incubated by the bank, and the bank has been fortunate to grow with the countries. Like wow. So yeah, so you know, wow. those are some of the things. Very interesting background. Yeah. Now. That was the past. Let's jump into what is definitely the future, and that's startups. So yeah. I want to understand one thing, Akhil. Um, why would you want to even look at startups? I mean, okay, so just a bit of a background of folks. If you know you have a mobile or if you have a laptop around with you, I would urge you to just go and search for Bank of Baroda and startup, and you'll see they've got this dedicated page out there for startups, and they've got like a whole range of services out there. They've got like a startup current account, scale up current account. And they've got a co-working spaces, which is in collaboration with 91 Spring. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll let Akhil obviously talk about all of this in detail, but it's not what you would um, expect a peer to, right? They're talking cloud services, they're talking digital marketing. So, okay, let's take one step back, zoom out a bit and tell us why would a bank of Baroda even look at startups? What is the opportunity that you guys see out here? Look, you know, uh, typically, so uh, we are a universal bank. You know, we operate across the spectrum. In fact, uh, so I I gave you a view of our retail franchise, uh, but on the corporate side, we are the second largest bank in the country again. And uh, so there is a full spectrum from retail, from micro-entrepreneur to a small entrepreneur, medium, mid-market, all the way up to a large corporate. Um, and startups is, is uh, you know of course we've been uh, growing with the entrepreneurs themselves. So the companies that you see today that are large companies, uh, about 20, 25 years back, they were the startups of that time. Of course, not called as startups, uh, 
but they essentially were also startups and many of the old timers old hands in the bank would tell you how they had a one on one relationship with with the with the biggest names that is here today and since you know we are a, we our roots are in gujarat so many of you you know you would be able to identify yep and now uh, startups again is just a way of saying that look you know we are very open to doing business with young companies and entrepreneurs and uh, that is where uh, we'll believe you know the future of business lies and of course you know the bank is very happy to continue to serve entrepreneurs and young businesses and that is how we started this baroda startup banking channel um and as you said you know it is a dedicated banking channel that we have we have centers in 15 cities across the country uh, and these are the cities which have 80% of the startup activity so this is gurgaon delhi noida bangalore chennai mumbai jaipur ahmedabad pune hyderabad chandigarh lucknow kolkata indore and kochi and we have a host of products dedicated for these startups uh and i can talk about it but let's go into that yeah let's go straight away right sure. because when i see you know for example in co-working spaces you've tied up with 91 springboards when i look at mentorship you've tied up with iv so let's 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 just yeah. you know how just walk our listeners some of them might even be startup founders out there or people looking to start their own startups walk our yeah. listeners through this entire range of products that you've got sure so look so our our offerings are really divided into into two parts and the first is primarily the banking services that we have and that that's what our bread and butter is so uh, you know startup we kept on hearing uh, from startups time and again that look banks do not give us the love that we deserve till the time we really become you know we, we attain scale and that's that's what we wanted to change so we have this dedicated setup and we realized part of the reason why it so happens is because the uh, the relationship managers and the frontline officers in the bank branches they do not empathize with the startups and they don't in many ways they are uh, they do not understand the business model of startups so first we built out these dedicated this dedicated channel and staffed it with people who only work with startups and now you know as a result of you know over 2 years of operations in this these officers have built very good linkages in their local startup ecosystems which with other startups uh, the universities the government incubating centers uh, and the full ecosystem and now bank of baroda has very good linkages uh, in that startup ecosystem there now what we present to them is then a of course the 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 banking products like i talked about and you know there is a baroda startup current account is a scale up current account it comes with different features and benefits uh the startups require you know uh, and most of them are digital so they need uh, payment gateway services uh, many of them also have do need to pay for let's say a zoom right and that is where you know they end up actually and zoom and all you realize they don't you can't do net banking there right so you need credit cards there and and many of the startups do not have credit card or corporate credit cards mm. uh, and the promoters end up uh, or the rather the founders end up doing the payments on their own personal cards and you know we we give them corporate credit cards there are salary accounts that we give them with benefits and there's cash management service so there are the the banking services that we've provided to them 
on the other hand you know there are ecosystem services that we provide and this is uh, you know this i think is icing on the cake rather because uh, when we look at the startup today i think a startup can start with just a laptop that's that's it and uh, we also wanted to play our part in ensuring that we use our muscle to get the startups off the ground so you know just get in your laptop and we'll find you a nice attractive co-working space with our partner 91 sprint board mm. right uh, and 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 you want to set up a server we'll get you cloud credits from amazon web services uh, we'll get you infrastructure credits from microsoft right? wow uh, you want mentorship uh, we'll get you you know services of iv capital right uh you want uh, marktech or legal help uh we have we have a type on that front as well and and the one thing that we ensure is that you know we use our bargaining power with these large players to get the best in class uh deal for these guys uh, that they may not be able to source themselves so we negotiate on their behalf and get it to them that that's that's an overview of what we provide yeah. i'm very happy to to say uh, that you know we've done reasonably well you know I was, that's, that's actually going to be my next question how has been uh, you know what's been the response like which are the main you know if you can share or any big uh, names with you or any big cities where you seen a better than expected response how long has it been on on the rollout and stuff like that so if you want to just touch upon that maybe yeah so uh, in fact we have now it's been 2 years and uh, you know uh, if i just look at what our market share is in terms of the startup activity uh, we currently about you know depending upon which city we talk about 10 to 15% of startups of that uh, city now bank with bank of baroda oh. uh, whoever have been incubated over the last 2 years and very interestingly you know uh, there are some areas where we have a disproportionate uh, market share so Ahmedabad, for example, uh, is a very good center for us. Uh, Kochi, another good center for us, wow. right? So I'm, I'm not I'm not talking about the standard ones like Gurgaon or Bangalore. Bangalore, so these yeah. are the yeah these are the off-peak centers which are actually very good, and there's very good startup activity happening in these centers as well that stays out of the limelight, uh, but there are some very solid entrepreneurs doing very exciting work there. Very interesting, and tell me if you know. Okay, if I were to understand how you run these operations, because again, the impression or other the perception that a lot of people might have is that you know you would have a branch manager and you would have X person, Y person, people opening files, reporting all the way up. Have you looked at running these branches or running these services in a slightly different, probably more agile manner? Well, uh, that's fair, and you know that's precisely the reason why we have these offices. uh that uh, you know that are dedicated to the startup channel and these offices don't get moved around they are pretty stable uh they report centrally uh, as far as their functions are concerned so that that is a starting point of ensuring that a we build the empathy domain expertise and the stability that is required uh for us to be able to deliver a consistent level of service and secondly you know as as you grow you know there are variety of changes that you end up doing with the product 
the categorization and for example i'll give you one one small example where you know this this has happened and this is evolved hmm. so we realize you know a lot of startups for example get incubated in 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 universities right and as a result of which you know they all start sharing university addresses as now when funds opening a current account and reserve bank guidelines are very stringent around current account openings right you have to do a kyc but you can't do a kyc on the university right so it's a tricky problem to solve very yeah but you know we've been able to solve that problem and uh, and and that is only the you know only come from a solution which is uh, our officers understand the needs of the startups very well and they've been able to push for the product changes that that are required and you know there are many such you know there are many such examples in fact our product suite itself is expanding because we keep constantly keep listening to what the startups want uh in fact the credit card came in right in the middle of the pandemic where we realized that you know there is there the marketing efforts or the you know the the uh the connectivity which needs to be established with by zoom or teams or whatever uh they need a credit card for payments so we brought in that credit card right in the middle of the pandemic last year sure i'm you know it's just so folks if you go to bank of baroda's website there's a separate section on startup and you know they've got this nice page of startup branches where you can have a look at the contact person's name mobile number email address you could check that out just last question on this part you know on this first half of our episode akhil how has the pandemic shaped out in the last two years from the startup perspective i mean you know from my seat as an outsider all i can see is that boom valuations are going up deals are happening very exciting space you want to add some color out here as to how your startup product has changed when when you started and how you have adapted to the varying needs to all uh, the startups over the last couple of you mentioned about how you've offered credit cards and any other things out there either in terms of funding or in terms of any specific services yeah no so funding is also a uh, 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 you know has come up repeatedly rather come up as a key product that the startups need um and i'm happy to share with you that you know we will soon launch a dedicated startup finance product as well and uh, that will take care of the needs of um uh, of startups uh, slightly mature startups you know not not the ones that got incubated last week but slightly mature ones the ones who found product market fit and it's very important because otherwise in absence of bank finance what startups end up doing is uh they they dilute themselves and many of these startups then uh, you know by the time they become unicorns and techacorns and what all uh the founders are left to you know single digit uh, stakes equity stakes in the company that they started so it's important that at a critical point in the journey of the company they know when to raise debt finance and of course banks uh typically come in at a very late stage when there's maturity and for reasons that are well understood i wanted to see if we can push it uh slightly ahead and i think you know the product that we are coming up with will help us achieve that fantastic so folks we're going to take a small break out here when we come back on the other side of this episode we are going to talk about a lot of stuff about you know banking how it is changing in this digital era digital lending basic banking even crypto so don't go anywhere we'll be right back really special episode of paisa paisa my guest akhil handa head fintech partnership mobile banking and digital lending at bank of baroda
and welcome back to the bank of baroda special on paisa paisa my guest akhil handa head fintech partnership mobile banking and digital lending at bank of baroda akhil let's talk about a very very hot area these days for fintech startups um i've had a lot of guests in this area over the last few months and i'm guessing that you know given that you've also got a startup back background you probably know that digital lending is like a seriously hot space <laughs> sometimes for all the wrong reasons also if you recall the chinese lending yeah. you know the apps and the lending scams and all that so do you guys you know does bank of baroda do digital lending or do you have a digital lending product and how are you make taking advantage of this opportunity probably by differentiating yourself from other digital lenders because <laughs> you got a massive book um a what are your views about this entire space b what are you doing out here right so i think uh, you know it, it's it's a great topic for discussion and i feel there's a lot of excitement that has built out over the last year on digital lending and given the situation that we are in you know digital lending has become of great economic importance as well and in many cases it is actually a lifeline uh to the companies and individuals uh and and you know uh, the, the good part of the whole uh, changes the current policies ways of doing business they've also been challenged and uh, now you know and and they've been challenged severely to the extent that you know uh, there is hardly a day where i get an incoming from somebody in the ecosystem including government saying that look uh, this procedure needs to be changed you need to turn digital um and that i think is a fantastic opportunity because uh, overall you know there is there's a lot of legacy that banks carry and uh, you know we are a 114 year old bank there's a lot of legacy built into the system but this pandemic has provided us with a wonderful opportunity to challenge many existing uh, you know many existing ways of doing things so digital lending for us is a very significant ambition and it is a key strategic priority uh, Uh, in fact when our new managing director uh, joined the bank last year uh, and that was just before pandemic i'm sure he didn't know about the pandemic was going to be that brutal uh, he had set in digital lending as a key priority strategic priority for for the bank and uh, that is in fact when we started this journey and during the course of the year we just realized that look we were just very fortunate to start on that journey and uh, yeah. over the next 9 months i think we've made significant progress in terms of uh, being able to roll out our retail products on the digital lending platform uh, we've just launched uh, an msme product on on as well and uh, straight through products so uh, you know there is there are at least 15 other products that are in the pipeline so it's a very heavy schedule just in terms of size and scale uh, the the opportunity for us is to digitize businesses that currently are about 3 lakh crore in the in the bank balance sheet and uh, we believe that if you are able to digitize them then we'll be able to grow that business over to 6 lakh crore uh, in the coming uh, five years wow that's a pretty that's a large amount yeah yeah very interesting and where so in your view where did this entire digital lending story take a turn for the negative what what happened out there did people become too greedy or was the system uh open for gaming 
you know just just your view at an industry level not you know we just just i just wanted to understand how you looked at it because you're you know you've been in banking for quite quite a while you know startups very well so what do you think went wrong out there so i think look uh, it, it digital lending became the wild wild west uh, last year where really you know anybody and everybody started offering um uh, credit products and it was easy to start out and some of them even started doing this without the necessary regulatory approvals in place um and that is where you start uh, getting into the predatory territory and uh, you know once you get there you know you are outside the regulatory ambit and of course you can't blame the regulator for not knowing what he has not sanctioned also exactly right so now overnight if everybody can start up an application simple application and i you know i was told that these applications are actually up for sale and you can purchase an application wow. for a very small <laughs> value and you and just put in your brand the way you want to do it and start giving out loans basically. and you can key in what rate of interest you would charge and many of them were usurious wow so this is where i i believe you know sure. just it hit the fan and uh, and then of course i think the regulator did the right thing stepped in uh, clamped down i also uh, uh, believe that the platforms and google particularly mm. did the right thing by offboarding many of these applications from its app store sure. uh, and 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 of course you know this also gave an impetus to the formal channel to step up and uh, for all the talk you know that goes on there i believe that you know uh, the digital lending done by you know these applications would probably not be more than 10 15000 crore okay right? and consumer market is, is is huge it is of the order of 20 lakh crore <laughs> right so you know that has actually also given an impetus to to the universal banks to step in and own up to the responsibility of offering this product on the platform that the customer desires yeah is you know because i i thought that universal banks like you said would not care about this segment because at least if you remember you know we used to have this uh, small ticket person which were a bit of a pain for the banks because originating them is a big pain you don't know about the quality of uh, the borrower out there credit scores and stuff like that whereas the apps came in and i think they probably took care of the origination the origination part for the npfcs and for the banks anyway chalo theek hai lending ho gaya okay let's go into the future now i have a couple of questions for you on basic banking right because now there is good news and then there is bad news the good news is upi has become massive it's in the entire world now because the speed with which this happened and the way that the digital ecosystem has come up the india stack has come up how mobile aadha blah blah all of that you now that story is all done you know now we are used to having instant payments so that's a good news okay although upi also has its downtime and stuff like that which is fine and then you've got your banks whose net banking goes down okay to the extent that even rbi has to hold them up there is a lot of frustration about certain things that only net banking can do and especially in the pandemic where come on you can't separate up your house right so that is my first question to you on where do you think the future of banking is going from me from a customer's perspective because there's still stuff that's broken man you know when is that going to get sorted we are doing great on the technology front but from a banker's point of view to me as a customer what, where do you think digital banking is going in the future 
tell me about that right see so i'll i'll break this question into two parts one is the near term medium term kind of changes where i see you know these changes are happening and then is slightly longer term right and 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 medium term you can say probably 2 to 3 years and then longish is 5 to anywhere from 5 to 10 years and in the near term i believe that you know first uh, the processes that back what you see digitally will change see you have to appreciate how digital channels really came about and they were bolt-ons to what used to be a paper based product now you go back 15 years you did not even have core banking right mm. uh, and that is the first step of digitization that happened and from ever since you know we've had more and more channels come on and these are all bolt-ons so the atms the internet banking the mobile banking upi everything has been a bolt on to that extent so you can imagine that nobody designed these systems for that right neither technologically nor by way of processes so the near term i believe the processes will get fundamentally rearchitected for a digital first banking paradigm and that is what will happen you know now payments is completely digital right and so so much so that you know nobody even recognizes that you know uh, i'm i'm very sure that you know there will be a millennial population that does not even know what a withdrawal slip looks like right <laughs> bad, bad. And, and yeah and 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 probably the same for check also right i mean passbook passbook of course everyone's passbook. favorite the passbook withdrawal slip check check usage yeah. has just crashed it's almost over i think anyway go on sorry correct. yeah correct so so i think these will get altered in a digital first manner and this will be both from the customers front end as well as the banks internal process because what happens is banks processes are geared to be done in a physical manner uh, in a risk based approach and a batch mode and that does not lend any of it does not lend itself naturally to the to a digital first environment and they have to be rearchitected and uh, you would have seen things like you know the reserve bank uh, opening up the payment systems 24 by 7 now you know you one may think hey look what is the big deal in in doing these payment systems 24/7 but you know you have you build a deeper appreciation for this the moment you realize that you know there has to be a day and tally of the books you know you have to have a day and tally and that day and tally is very important so there has to be a cut off period when you say that this is what uh, the account balances are this is what the bank's balance is this is what the money market operation is and by the way for the cash surplus that you have you have to park it in money market there has to be market operations market operations themselves only have a window till 5 pm right so this is all of this you know has a linkage right so if for example i'm net negative on my book you know then i need to uh, i need to borrow money from the money market or the reserve bank Yep. Overnight, right? And that only has a has a limited window. So you know there are associated processes that have to be built in, have to be changed. And I think that is what will change over the next two to three years for sure. And the same thing, what you see in payments will get replicated in lending, in wealth management, uh, and uh, uh, and the liabilities products as well. More Very interesting. Term, go on, go on. Sorry. More longer term, I think what will happen is the technological systems that support the core themselves will get moved out and new systems will be brought in and these systems will be an extensions of what is digital and perhaps ai 
built into the systems themselves. So you cannot possibly think of, you know, the same systems supporting AI because that's the fundamental root of why we need to have, you know, some 40 systems, different systems running in the, in, in the banks, uh, because everything is a bolt on, right? Yeah. So I do believe that the core of the banks themselves will change. So we'll start from the outer end, near term, go all the way up to the core, and longer term. I think that would be a true transformation that will get completed. Which products, you mentioned lending and you mentioned wealth management. It's really exciting. So you're saying that you're going to have an overhaul of pretty much all the products, the way payments was shaken up with UPI. One thing that I want to ask you, you know, out here, where do branch, where does branch banking go from all this? Because a lot of people think that with everything moving digital, how many people are actually going to be visiting branches? So this is just a general question. And for the millennials, I don't know whether when was the last time they even stepped into a a bank branch. I know I I know that I have gone there a couple of times before the pandemic, of course. Uh, and even during the pandemic, I mean, I think when things were slightly better, I had some PPF work for which I had to go to the branch. Where is the future of branches as far as banking is concerned? What do you think? Branches is concerned, we are pretty saturated, I believe, in the metros. And the scope of increasing branches there, to my mind, does not exist. Uh, where I believe the branches are uh, are very relevant and possibly you will see some bit of expansion will be the tier two, three cities. Uh, I think the rural geographies are, you know, there, the, there has been a sweet model that is the correspondence model. Uh, and that works pretty well in the rural geographies. And these are very large swaths and, you know, they cannot again be covered by branches, but the correspondents are very mobile. You know, they understand the catchment area and they have a deeper connect with the population and they serve them pretty well. Going forward, I do believe that, you know, the footfall in branches in the metros uh, may decline. I don't think in the near term footfall in uh, just outside the metros is going to decline in the near term. Longer term, yes, for sure it will. And as I said, you know, a lot of it will happen as co-terminus to what we discussed in the or for, for in the last question, which is as the processes change. So I have still have processes which are physical, paper based. Right? In as much as I turn them digital, you know, customers will not be required to come out to the bank branch. Right? I'll give you an example. So, for example, you know, there's a you know, many of us have joint accounts. Right? Yep. And uh, we have joint accounts and, uh, you know, now, uh, for example, we want to make payments uh, or give an authorization over to the bank to do something, right, to debit your account. Now, I can't do that with a mobile application today because mobile application can only sit on one mobile phone and that can only be in the hands of one customer, right? So if there are two or three people that are joint account holders, then how do I authenticate each one of them to say that everybody has given their consent to do this transaction? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, there are there are such processes, and I'm sure over a period of time, we will find out ways to do these things. But these are the processes that need to change, that we'll develop appreciation for. Uh, yeah. Okay. I want to just last couple of questions now. Where does trust come into all this, Akhil? Because some complaints that I've always got from people is that when you enter a bank branch or whatever the branch 
or whatever the bank is selling you is done with a motive you know that might not be the best product for you but nahi bechna yani bechte rehte hain um then there's stuff like i want a locker but getting a locker is easily tough where do you think these do you think banks actually want to differentiate themselves out here and stand apart you know as people that you want to trust with your money or where is this going to go what do you think see i, I you know i don't want to talk about the industry uh, overall i mm. let me talk about the bank in this in particular and i think look bank of baroda enjoys the trust of the people and uh, we're very fortunate to be a trusted partner to the 14 crore customers that bank with us in so much so you know outside the you know if if you and i we walked into a, a rural branch or a semi urban branch you'd be surprised how banking gets done there in many ways you know the branch uh, officials are actually filling up forms for the customers doing the transactions enabling the transactions uh, and there is a huge amount of trust that the branch officials enjoy by the customers uh, you know and and many of the customers uh, may not be literate they may not be able to read the documentation and they trust the branch officials to do the right things for them and that's where i believe that you know uh, the bank is very fortunate uh, to enjoy the trust we believe we are the repo- repositories of this trust that the customers place in us sure and of course it is a huge responsibility and we take it very seriously very interesting so now let's just wrap up this episode with everybody's favorite question hot topic and since last year crypto or blockchain and everything where do you think this is this is going let's just you know just your views on that do you think that we will not have any physical currency ever again where do you think this entire thing is going i mean just off so, your head your views and you know again because you've got that whole startup background and stuff like that see look i i miss the bitcoin the whole bitcoin boom <laughs> okay right? okay so uh, you know where 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 i stand vis-a-vis bitcoin Uh, I do think that digital currencies and you know the central bank digital currency, which is CBDC, uh, is actually a fairly interesting concept. And I think there are some things that can be built into the CBDC if you also merge a smart contract along with it. And uh, these could give rise to some very interesting use cases. Um, and and I think there is you know uh, there's no reason why we should not uh, as a country experiment with it. um you know for all we know uh, the contractual enforcement will become better um so i think that's that's something that we should seriously look at and it can open a host of use cases and a world of opportunity for our startups to look at that's there i think blockchain again is you know in a very generic way can lead to interesting use cases uh i do believe that you know it will take time in fact i believe for example you know Uh, banking core right banking core there's an opportunity to build a banking core on a blockchain wow okay right and ultimately a banking core is a ledger right and you can turn it over into a, a blockchain and that can actually be for example like a bank uh, such as ours who have operations across the globe a single ledger can be very useful right yeah. so uh, you know there are there are interesting use cases that can be built on but you know it will take some very brave <laughs> uh entrepreneurs <laughs> to to wage that battle wow 
Yeah, I could probably have an entire episode on that, but that's it. We are done, folks. That is a wrap on this episode of Pesa Pesa. Really special episode. We've got like one of the largest, largest, largest banks in India today on Pesa Pesa. That's great. My guest, like I said, Akhil Handa, head fintech partnership, mobile banking, and digital lending at Bank of Baroda. Akhil, thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Hey, Anupam, thank you very much once again. I completely enjoyed having this conversation. Thank you. Thank you, and guys, you can reach out to Bank of Baroda. They're there, they're there on pretty much all. The social media websites uh, that you can think of is Twitter, whether it's Facebook, whether it's LinkedIn. Really, I mean, you know, check out the website, especially the, the startup, and I'm sure you'll find it interesting. That's a wrap. And if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are IVM podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm your host, Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to Pesa Vesa. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.